0: Hello and welcome to episode six of From the Hangar. Uh, I'm your host, Nathan, and I have a really familiar guest today uh, because he's already been on this podcast uh, once, and that was already six months ago, which Crazy. blows my mind that it yeah. was six months ago. Uh, if you haven't seen or if you don't know uh, this guy to my right, uh, this is David Holston. He is our president and CEO here of uh, MAFUS, US, uh, and I'm thrilled that he's joining us again today because uh, we have some pretty fun... Things to be talking about, some celebratory things Absolutely. Uh, to be to be going in depth on, and yeah, I'm just thrilled that you are back and and back as guest number six of the podcast. So
1: thanks for joining. Always grateful to have the chance to do it. It's fun.
0: I, I hope so. I hope it's a. I hope it's joyous. But uh, before we get into everything uh, that we're going to talk about, uh, how have the last six months been? You had your summer, uh, and one of the main questions I want to ask is. Um,
1: how was your trip to the Smoky Mountains with your family?
0: And that's a lead back to episode 1. That's so right. if you haven't if you don't know what we're talking about, go watch episode 1.
1: Yeah, we had a great time as a family, had our vacation together. We we kind of made the deal with our kids that hey, if you get to Tennessee, they chose the destination they wanted to go into, you know, mountains, greenery, all of that. So, of course, we were in the we were just outside the Great Smoky Mountain National Park and so we did that. And really fun to be with our family. It's a joy as a parent when kids, who are adults, who have the freedom to be any number of places, mm-hmm. voluntarily choose to be with mom and dad, yeah. right? So that was great, and we had a we had a fun time together as a family. Lots of laughter and in a beautiful part of the country. So that was great. Yeah. Enjoyed that. Um, you know the pace of life and ministry here at MAF is seems to always be fast-paced. There's always unique things going on, unique challenges. Um, I would say that one of the things that we're really thankful for right now is just last week, we got to welcome Ryan Coher and his Mm -hmm. wife Annabelle and their two little boys back to the U.S. after this, you know, really long, difficult process Mm -hmm. following his um, unjust incarceration last year, uh, and then all the effort that went, uh, that really a team of people went through to secure, help secure his freedom. Lots of prayers of many supporters and friends of MAF. I, as, as I would travel around the country, even around the world, I would run into people who would say, Hey, what's the latest on Ryan? Mm. That was really meaningful to me to see yeah. the level of investment that folks had in praying for him and just. Um, you know, interest in what was going on. So praise God that mm-hmm. where we are now is we get to celebrate his freedom. And that's been a source of a lot of encouragement for me in recent days. So uh, so I'm good. Thank you. Good. Thanks for asking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we actually found out that he was back in the States while my wife and I were on vacation. And we're overseas. We're on vacation. My wife happens to be checking Facebook before we go to bed. And she looked at me and she's like, Ryan's back. And I was mm. like, wait, what? And so we saw on Annabelle's Facebook that, that they had landed back in the States. And man, that excitement that we had, and I want to say we were in Italy at the time, uh, was awesome. As we were
1: all prone to be. Yeah, within, I mean. You know, just going to Italy. Yeah, so. you know, just whatever.
0: <laughs> um, but That's yeah, cool. just that that excitement of, of seeing that Facebook post. And I mean, her and I both don't check Facebook that often. She just happened to check it and it happened to be the day that he got back. And so, yeah, uh, yeah I that can imagine that, that excitement here as well was just, oh, I bet the energy was awesome.
1: We knew that time was coming. We, we intentionally kept things quiet cool. because we wanted to make sure that uh, nothing changed in the last minute that mm-hmm. derailed the plan. So uh, we, we kind of, there's a few of us who kind of had to sit on that for a while till we knew he was on the airplane en yeah. route. And then we were actually able to say, hey, it's happening. Cool. That was that was fun to be able to send that communication out. I,
0: there's there's that element of surprise that <laughs> you you knew something and you were holding it and you were like, just wait until people get to see this because yeah. I bet the joy that you had and, and those that also knew were was probably very, very high. So Yeah,
1: we think we thank God for his protection over Ryan yeah. during that time.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're gonna go into another fun aspect of the ministry, and that happens to be uh, the 50th anniversary of the Kelly Montan program, and that's this month in October. And you're actually about to head out uh, at the time of our recording uh, to Kelly Montan for a celebration. Um, can you just talk to me about that? Like, how what what does this look like? What's the significance of this? Fifty years is a long time. It um, really is. Yeah. What what's that like?
1: Well, it's. I mean, it's very exciting and gratifying, mm-hmm. and uh, something that gives me just. Uh, a heart full of thanksgiving mm. for God, uh, you know, His provision allowing us to do that. Yeah, I, I jump on an airplane uh, this Sunday to uh, at the end of this week to head over to the program and, and take part in the celebration, mm. which is going to be very meaningful for me. This is, as I spoke about on the, the first podcast, this is where our family began life and ministry within MAF, was in Kalimantan. We lived there for 10 years, and served in a variety of different roles, and um, when we left that program in 2011 to move over to Papua, we said goodbye to uh, a lot of dear friends, people who will remain friends for the rest of our lives. And I had the opportunity to go back for a couple of visits in the years since then, uh, when I was uh, kind of overseeing the region of, of Indonesia, But this will be unique to be able to come. I'm going to, the plan is to fly interior one of the days and and get Mm -hmm. to see some folks there. And that's been about 12 years since I've gotten to do that. That'll be really special to um, get to reconnect with some people who are just uh, really dear to us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a significant thing. Um, The work of MAF, by its very nature, takes us to, uh, parts of the world that tend to be full of instability mm. and unpredictability, right? Yeah. So to be able to be uh, in, a, in a particular location for decades is really quite remarkable. And God gets the glory for all of that. Yeah. Um, because when you look back and you think of all that's changed within Indonesia, you think mm. of what's changed in the way that we conduct our ministry from the type of aircraft that we fly to type of training we do, even who is on our airplanes now versus who maybe first began to fly with us 50 years ago, all of that looks in many ways pretty different. And so to be able to now 50 years after the beginning of it, say, God, you have allowed us to be here, to uh, be a part of the work that you are doing, Mm. uh, to be a part of it in this very special and unique way is... um, I, just a, a very special thing to be a part of. Uh, very thankful. It's, it represents the collective efforts of, I, I mean, I'm going to say countless people, mm-hmm. uh, to enable us to be there for that long. I think of our national employees yeah. who uh, served with us many times for decades uh, in a given location. Um, so much of what we do uh, has been made possible by their sacrificial work. Yeah. And um, I think about key mm. friends in the government who came through at a certain time and said, we're going to give you permission to do this, or we're going to write this approval that uh, allows you to operate in this way. Um, that's an amazing thing. I think about the friendship of the national church that mm. uh, we've had the opportunity to serve all these decades. And just the sense of um, loyalty. They, they they want to protect MAF. Mm. Uh, They see it in many ways as sort of their ministry as well. And so we've seen them rally around us during times of uh, challenge Mm. and and really advocate on our behalf. And um, that's an amazing thing. I think of then just the multiple generations of our MAF staff members, uh, missionaries from the U.S. as well as other countries like the Netherlands or Mm -hmm. other places who uh, had the privilege of serving there. And um, so God knits all of that together. And here we are today getting to look at this part of the world that still has a lot of isolation. Mm-hmm. Even though it's 50 years have passed, there's still places we fly. Just there aren't any roads, any roads that have been made, wash out quickly during rainy season. And um, God is allowing us to still be there, making a difference on almost a daily basis in people's mm-hmm. lives. That's kind of the dream. Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah, I I was thinking about that with um, you mm-hmm. talking about just kind of the the differences of what happens over fifty years, right? And mm-hmm. and yeah, countries change and 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 leadership of countries change. And um, I just think of all that's changed in the last like fifteen years, and even just without around the world. And so yeah, to be somewhere for fifty years, um, and especially in the world that we're in, where it's more connected than ever before, and uh, to still have the ability that we have to be. Uh, in that country, flying and, and meeting needs for people that are isolated, um, and maybe not necessarily from a connection perspective. Maybe they have cell phones, or maybe they have a connection to the outside world. But there's no way to get out of their place when a yeah. medical emergency strikes. And That's right. then I also just think of like the Rumasinga, right, and the mm-hmm. the house that. Um, for those of you that aren't aware, the. Um, hospital house that that MAF uh, operates in order for people to be able to, um, families or or patients to be able to stay um, and and have a comfortable place to be where they can um, have people kind of advocating for them as well, um, that that we get to operate. And what a unique piece of the Kalimantan ministry that, um, yeah, it's just such an important piece of that program as well. Um,
1: Yeah, Yeah, it really is. Our Kalimantan program, one of the ways that it has changed in its focus of ministry over the years uh, is that now a lot of the flights that the the team is involved in there are related to medevac mm. flights? So we have a partnership with the Ministry of Health um, that, without MAF aircraft, would they would struggle to be able to get the uh, uh, to address the healthcare needs of the the population that lives in the interior. So we have a pretty close partnership with them, or we will fly staff or supplies into the interior to different clinics. But then we're on standby, uh, you know, really seven days a week Mm. to respond to an urgent um, flight request for somebody who needs to get out to the city to receive uh, a higher level of care than what can be provided at those clinics. And so a number of years ago, I mean, it's probably close to 20 years ago now, I remember being a part of some early conversations where we were trying to imagine, what else could we do as a team to um, have a, a place where the families of patients could stay? Because we would bring patients from interior with their families, oftentimes one or two family members would accompany them on the airplane. And these are individuals who had spent their whole life in the interior, and coming out to the city was a, uh, a pretty radical change for them. Yeah. They were not comfortable in that environment. Um, in some cases, there were language issues, even even being able to communicate, they didn't have friends. Um, in, a, in a location like Indonesia, the family's responsible for um, sometimes, you know, getting food for the patient who's still mm. in the hospital or actually going out and getting sutures or a blood transfusion. It's a very different sort of scenario than what we're used to in, um, more developed parts of the world. So the family needs to be present mm-hmm. to be able to help their family member who's being treated. And they just didn't know where to go. And so we had, for a number of years, we dreamed about having a house that we could um, provide for people to stay in on a short-term basis. And um, we talked about it and looked at different things. And then eventually our family moved, still hadn't seen that that mm-hmm. dream come to fruition. And then those who remained uh, there in the years after we left, were able to continue to pursue that. And in time, the pieces came together and a house was secured, renovated, and it has been heavily used ever mm. since. It, at any given time, there's five or six different um, families that are mm. residing in this place. And we have um, relationships with some local churches who send staff to help help pray for those families, Mm. kind of like a chaplain would, and our team will go and have a weekly prayer gathering with the people there. It's really quite beautiful. It's just a unique way of being able to continue to maintain a continuity of care uh, for those that we have transported, and then while they're there in the city, we can continue to help address those needs, and Mm. then what is really incredible to be a part of is when we get to fly them back home. Mm. And so our team gets to be a part of that whole cycle of care and, and concern, and really expressing love for them in a meaningful way. Um, so I get to go see that. I'll be in that house a week from today. We're gonna. It's one of the first things I land awesome. there on on uh, the day I land there. We're heading off to go visit it, and you know get to interact with folks there. That'll be really a, a great thing to get to be a part of. So that's a very special ministry yeah. that the team in Cali gets to be a part of.
0: It's one of um, we have a. a uh, software that we use to take photos and, or to store our photos. And, um, every once in a while, i see a photo come through from the room of Singha and it's often, um, a staff member, whether it's a national staffer, um, or one of our, our staff members from the States, uh, like leading worship in mm-hmm. one of the rooms. Or I think if I remember right, there was one that was like a Christmas celebration where they were able to like celebrate Christmas with these families. And, um, I can only imagine what that's like to be able to to meet those needs as well, and, and we talk about this of of meeting people's holistic needs, and what yeah. a beautiful piece of that puzzle of of being able to yeah not only meet the medical needs but also the the comfort needs and the and the needs to make sure that people are um, advocated for and and helped as they're helping their family members that are going through some pretty traumatic things. Like
1: that's really cool. It is, um, you know, our our core. Competency as an organization is using these airplanes to mm-hmm. get people around where they need to go. The motivation, though, comes from uh, a, a place where we're desiring to give our lives and our talents to serve God in light of all that He's done for us and to help others get to know Him and grow in a relationship with Him. It's not unusual in a pl- given part of the world where we're serving, what brings us there maybe the opportunity to provide that transportation link, but what will emerge are other opportunities to impact people's lives because Mm. we have a presence there and because we love the people that we're there to serve and we care about the things that are impacting their lives. So this is an example of that, of something that is not necessarily transportation related, Mm. but it's very much aligned with who we are and our desire to care for people. And because of the transportation piece, it's opened this other door for a unique type of ministry that we can be involved in that's, um, just fits well with, with who we are in our heart to, to serve those who are going through some real difficulties. So we celebrate that. We we love getting to be a part of something like that.
0: Yeah. From your perspective as president and CEO, um, I'm just curious, what do you see, uh, the next 50 years looking like in the Montan program? What's, what's Mm -hmm. that program yeah. yeah. What's that? What's the future look Wow. Like?
1: Who knows what it's going to be like <laughs> 50 years from now. That part of Indonesia has seen quite a bit of development on, around the fringes of Kalimantan. Mm-hmm. So Kalimantan is on the island of Borneo, and um, it's a large island. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it takes hours to fly across it. And the interior portions of that island have remained relatively undeveloped, but the edges... Of the island or where you find the larger cities, where the ports are located, where you start to see some infrastructure development of roads and all of that. Uh, a pretty significant development is happening in Kalimantan in the next couple of years. The capital of Indonesia is being relocated from mm. Jakarta to a new city called Nusantara. And that in Nusantara is being built from the ground up. Wow. And so they're they're creating this city in the middle of the jungle. Um, wow. where it's going to become the administrative center for the country of Indonesia. Now, that's still a couple of hours. In one of our aircraft, would still take two to three hours to fly to that area. So it's wow. still a ways away, but it'll be interesting to see over time mm. how the placement of the capital there um, will lead to further development of the rest of, of Borneo. I think that for there to be meaningful infrastructure development in the areas where we operate is still probably a number of years away. Mm. And it's interesting, there's a road that was built into the area that we fly that um, was kind of quickly created with caterpillars and you know heavy earth moving equipment, but, but then it's just dirt, it's mm. a dirt road. And uh, it recently was washed out because mm. of heavy rains. And overnight, it's cut off. Wow! That whole region is cut off. And so all of a sudden our planes are flying in there more with just like basic staples that are needed beyond doing the medevacs. Um, And so things can change quickly, even if you have some infrastructure development. The thing about medevac flying is it really is something that regardless of how much the infrastructure develops, you still have a need for it. And we know that because of the US, Right. right? I mean, we have interstates and major hospitals and a very sophisticated infrastructure that's here in our country, but yet there are many, many medevac companies that are flying people around because even with a good road, it's not fast enough for somebody. So I think the medevac side of things um, will allow us to continue to have a presence in in Kalimantan for as long as we can be there from a government approval perspective and a staffing perspective and all of that. And we think that's great. Uh, we want to be present in places because it it allows us to be engaged with others. It allows us to uh, be a part of the conversations they're having in terms of their own spiritual growth, the development mm-hmm. of the church. I think back to a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, our team had a pretty impactful role in helping to sort of restart some Bible translation efforts that are going on. So even though that's not our expertise, because our team is there, Mm. they're talking to key church leaders, but they're also aware of other US-based ministries that are in that sector, Uh, they were involved in helping to connect those different parties. And now there is a lot of new Bible translation work that's going on that we got to be a pretty significant part of to kind of help get it going. Mm. And so that's why our presence, we think it, it continues to matter. We want to be present in places and uh, be used by God to help um, catalyze those sort of conversations, that, those sort of strategies. Um, so I think lots of medical evacuation uh, flying will continue. I think that uh, we'll continue to see opportunities to use aircraft maybe for training, uh, you know mm-hmm. a, an aviation platform for training, whether it's on the flight or the maintenance side of it. Aviation is rapidly growing in Indonesia, but there's a need for subject matter experts hmm. to help invest in, into that industry. Um, I'm excited about the Bible translation side of things. I mean, this is this is the start of some translation going on in the New Testament. We know from history that an entire translation could take decades to complete. Right. So uh, I pray that in 50 years from now, we're gonna see people groups across Kalimantan that have completely you know, complete Bible translations. We're going to see continued decrease of things like infant mortality and overall health, you know, improving because of our work there with the department of, of health. Um, and, um, and then we'll, we'll be ready to respond to things that we can't even anticipate. You know, there'll, there'll be stuff. I promise you that'll come up that wasn't even on our radar and we'll do the best to be able to respond to that.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think, um, yeah, that program, uh, I remember when I first started in, uh, here six and a half years ago, and uh, my boss at the time was throwing out names from Kalimantan Mountain. it was like Polanco, and Tarakon and all these places. And I'm like, "Where are we talking about? And what are we talking about?" And um, I'm looking up at an airplane actually in this in this hangar uh, that's no longer in service, Charlie Brown, uh, and just thinking of yeah the stories that that airplane saw over the the decades that it served in in that area, but then also the stories that the airplanes currently are seeing uh, over there and and just thinking about the the future of the program and and thinking about um yeah what you're talking about of of being able to be a part of bible translations and being able to be a part of uh, medical evacuations like those are meeting spiritual needs that, that people deeply have and obviously mm-hmm. we think are um unbelievably important um, as our baseline of truth but then also a medical need that um, yeah infant mortality is something that we as as believers should be looking at and saying we can we can help yeah, with this absolutely and yeah just thinking through the next 50 years and um, the thing that I love about as you're talking about this I just hear um excitement and expectation mm. in, in your voice as you're talking about mm. these things because a this is a place that's really really um, close to your heart and, and yeah. serving there, but B, um, just thinking through the the lives that will be changed uh, through us being there and, and so many of other partner organizations and, and people serving. I, I just love hearing yeah. that like kind of excitement, that expectation yeah. in your voice.
1: Well, and in, in another area I forgot to mention, we have seen some really exciting things starting to happen in Kalimantan with um, sort of a this strategic relationship between maf and some key church entities Mm -hmm. where the the, these are indonesian-led outreaches where we're sitting down with them and we're we're talking with these groups and our national employees are very involved in helping to shape the strategy of of that ministry and what it can look like and who they want to reach out to and so Uh, There's this ministry that's formed in the last few years called Hatimaf, the heart of MAF, but it's almost exclusively led by our Indonesian national employees Hmm. who are working with these contacts from other churches, Hmm. which is without a doubt a representation of where global missions is moving more and more, where we see the global south, we see the countries that... Uh, decades ago, people from North America or a European context said, okay, we want to go reach them and help them. We now see this level, this growing level of ability and independence and desire for those individuals to reach their own or even go to other parts of the world yeah. to reach people. And, you know, so a lot of our focus has been on how can we use our aircraft to take resources into a remote part of the world? Mm. But I think the future of MAF is also going to involve talking about how we're using our aircraft to bring out mm. resources from these remote areas that are actually reaching other parts of the world. Uh, and that's that's kind of that kind of will twist your your mind a little if you think about it. Yeah. You go, oh wow, we've always thought about what can we take. But now mm. there's a sense of how what can we take into a place. But now we're we're contemplating more and more how can we help bring others out of that. Who can, you know, we may bring a, a pastor or an evangelist from the interior of Kalimantan who becomes a missionary to North America. Yeah, you know, like, because we could use that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think that that's that's a a pretty amazing thing to contemplate as we see the national church growing in its maturity mm. and their desire. To be missional as well. Yeah. And so to be able to, they still face the same transportation barriers. Yeah. And that's not going away anytime soon. And so to be able to be partners with them and come alongside of their strategies to help mm-hmm. them to be successful in that is um, just a fun thing to contemplate what that could look like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like we could talk about uh, Montan for probably hours and hours and hours. Honestly, probably until you get on a plane uh, <laughs> to there. Probably, um, but I'd love to pivot to another exciting uh, anniversary that we have. Uh, and along with this anniversary, there's some um, a, a new a change and, and some updates and, and some uh, exciting exciting news that comes with that. And uh, that program happens to be Ecuador, and that's mm-hmm. a wildly um, important program for the MAF world to be a part of. And, uh, yeah, they just celebrated over the summer, 75 years yeah. of being a, a program. Unbelievable. I'd love for you to just a share maybe, uh, the update of, of what that's looking like and be just kind of what, um, that Ecuador program in mean, 75 years is uh, a long time and, and that historical significance yeah. for both us and also the, the, the missional world as a whole.
1: Yeah. So 75 year anniversary for that program is uh, in the same way that we talked about the Kalimantan program is just an amazing accomplishment. Um, uh, once again, a testimony to God's faithfulness, mm-hmm. the faithful dedicated service of so many different individuals who've helped make that possible, from the Ecuadorian nationals who've served there to the many MF missionaries that have had the opportunity to serve in that part of the world to the, I think of our our faithful supporters who Mm. have given, you know, some of them for just for decades to help us serve in that part of the world. So all of that is needed to help make it possible. So these, these uh, kind of, you know, pinnacle moments of being able to celebrate 75 years in this location, 50 years in this location, we believe are worthy of our celebration for Absolutely. those things. Because it's a chance, again, to really say, God, look what you have done. Mm. And I, and I want to just really emphasize that, that God gets the glory for this, Absolutely. right? Because we'll get in our way all the time, and it would shut down in a hurry if, yeah. if God was not <laughs> helping to untangle our messes and helping us to continue to to work it and to give us the guidance that we need and, and the favor that we need to do this complex, uniquely challenging work. So, yeah, 75 years is an amazing um, thing to celebrate. Of course, Ecuador figures in a very significant way within the history of MAF because mm-hmm. of, um, you know, it was a location where we we lost the five missionaries who were martyred in 1956— Um, an event that really placed the ministry of MAF onto the national stage. Uh, When that took place, a whole generation of missionaries, their hearts were stirred Mm -hmm. by that event to step up and say, and they would say, I want to take their place. I've talked to a number Mm -hmm. of mostly now retiring missionaries because they've (laughs) now run kind of through their whole career, who said, you know, when that happened, I was... A teenager. I was in school. I heard about it, and um, it stirred my heart. God used that event to challenge me. What was I going to do with my life? And they wanted to step forward and take their place. Um, So it was uh, a very formative experience in the modern missions movement when that took place. Um, Ecuador is kind of went through a unique uh, arc in its in its history. Uh, for many years, what we would call an MAF-US program, meaning it was overseen by uh, our U.S. headquarters and uh, was initially started by staff who came from the U.S. And then uh, in the 90s and 2000s, well, even prior to that for a couple of our other locations, there was, um, we established what we called affiliate programs. And what we found is sometimes there were countries in Latin America that were demanding that the the, the ministry that was going on had to be led by nationals of that country. Um, or there was a bit of a, just a move towards that of saying, hey, we want, we need to kind of do this more on our own. And so during that time, we had these locations in Latin America that had been MAF-US programs that came out from underneath our oversight and then really independently and autonomously uh, conducted their own flight ministry. And We referred to those as affiliate programs. So they were still uh, in, a, in a relationship with us. We They would have staff who'd come up and we'd do some training with them or they'd have an airplane come through that we'd help prepare for them. Uh, funding could maybe go through our office. Uh, so there was a close relationship, mm-hmm. but it was really kind of up to them to fund their ministry, mm-hmm. to have the right operating standards in place and all of that. Um, that's been a, I would say a mixed bag in terms of how that has all turned out. Um, and some of the, some of those locations have struggled to be able to kind of stand on their own, uh, with, uh, the resourcing demands that are present for aviation. And so last year, the Ecuador program approached MAF U.S. again, and they said, Hey, we would like to come back in to the MAF U.S., family, so to speak, and, mm-hmm. and underneath the oversight of MAFUS because they were struggling to kind of make it on their own. Yeah. And uh, we went through a process of assessing uh, whether the program was still, you know, properly aligned with our vision and our mission, and they are, and there was really a desire that they had to, to do this. But we didn't want it to just be, let's recreate everything that was there in the past because there's some great things that have developed. Mm-hmm underneath ecuadorian leadership there the staff is almost exclusively ecuadorian we have mm. a couple of u.s staff members who are on loan there um we want to keep that intact yeah. uh we they're they're talented staff our program director there is uh, ecuadorian national who mm. is um loves the lord very strategic in his thinking and we um we want to keep him in in that role. And so we're working together with them now to reintegrate them into kind of our way of doing things and pr- helping to provide more resourcing to them while still keeping intact those things that are um, areas of strength that mm-hmm. have that have grown during this time where they were they were on their own. So, um, it's not like, you know, hey, the u s. folks are going to swoop in <laughs> and and kind of take over everything. that That's not what we're talking about. This is really how can we, uh, bring the resources and the expertise that we have in MAF US to help this program become even stronger mm. and to endure for many, many more years to come. Yeah. So we're in the middle of that process and uh, it's fun. So we're we're excited to have the Ecuador program to be a part of our MAFUS programs again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I first heard that I just thought of the yeah, just the for us, our cultural significance of MAF and and mm-hmm. how um Yeah, I I see often people on Facebook or on on Instagram will say, like, my first experience with missions was hearing about Nate Saint's story or hearing about Jim Elliott's story. And um, that's how I found MAF. And now I'm 75 and and have been donated faithfully for so many years. And and to think about um, those people and to be able to say, like, the Ecuador program is um, still being led by Ecuadorians, that 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 whole – Movement really, and, and the lives of those five were used essentially for um, the ability for Ecuadorians to then come and and run that program. Um, it's yep. so cool, and and to be able to then say, hey, they're an MAF program, but it's it's going to look different than some of our other yeah. programs. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, and it, I mean, I think it's going to be a a truer representation of the body of Christ. Right, it's a mm. diverse body with. Um, different parts that look different and function differently. Yeah. And so we are we really want this to be sort of representative of what we think will be more and more the future of MAF, which mm. is um, how do we help to equip people from non-Western countries, non-North American, non-European base, to be successful at doing the sort of work that we do at a very high level of safety and excellence yeah. and they're completely capable of being able to do that they already do it in many in many ways so yeah. we're just wanting to increase that and strengthen that even even further and even
0: the fact that it's been 75 years right of of that program in um, of those 75 years it's not all been under the MAF US umbrella per se yeah. uh, or oversight and and the fact that that's still going to maintain that, that they're still under our mafus oversight but also that it's still their program and they yep. get the opportunity to reach um, kind of like we were talking about with cali montan like they're reaching their own people and how absolutely um how incredible is that ownership of saying it's their context their culture their their everything and and they get to do yep. uh, and make those decisions yep. how they and, want we,
1: to. and we just want to help them be even more successful at doing absolutely
0: that. Yep. absolutely man well 75 years 50 years um those are some big, big anniversaries. And I know that, um, even just with MAF, uh, us being, uh, what now 78, 79 years old. Um, there is, um, just some unbelievable things that the Lord has done. And and one of the things I just love, um, that you shared about is, that yeah, it's, it's really nothing that we've done. There's been so many mistakes, I'm sure on every level of operations uh, from yeah. the MAF side, but the faithfulness of, of, of the Lord has been just so evident and. Um, and yeah, being able to celebrate those two, firm, I believe firmly that, that Christians should be the best celebrators uh, <laughs> uh, of anybody yeah. because yeah. of who that celebration ultimately points to. Yeah. And I love the fact that you get to go now and, and go back to a place that you started serving in what, 22 years ago or so. And, uh, to be able to now go and, um, celebrate with them and, and with some of your dear friends and, and probably people that you consider family, uh, celebrating Absolutely. 50 years. Uh, it's awesome.
1: Last year, or last uh, week, excuse me, I had this opportunity to have dinner with one of the founding pilots of our hmm. Kalimantan program. Uh, my wife and I uh, went up to their place and went out with them to uh, a, a nearby restaurant and got to hear stories of 50 years ago, hmm. uh, what it was like for them as they moved into uh, this area to begin operating. They, he opened up many of the airstrips that I flew in and out of. Wow. And could remember still with vivid detail, uh, people and places that he went. Um, He's in his 80s now. (laughs) And uh, he left that area like 49 years ago. Wow. Hasn't been back. He went into corporate aviation and had a career flying business jets and going to, you know, all around the world doing that. But um, he was so excited. And I think relieved to hear hmm. that the work continues on and there's people who've taken the baton multiple generations now yeah. of MAF staff who've done that. And, uh, that was very meaningful for him to hear that the hard work they went through, they lived in, in the city where I lived when they started out, they lived there for eight months without any electricity. Oh man! And he just talked and they had little kids. They were trying to do life. It was really, really hard yeah. because the infrastructure was quite primitive at that time. And, um, we We stand on the shoulders of those folks hmm. and their faithfulness. and uh, we we just celebrate that. it was It was a special sort of dinner to have with somebody who could tell all the stories of what it was like in the very beginning. Yeah. And to see, even though there's been so much change over the fifty years, he still talked about these pastors that he got to know who, had such a deep love for the Lord mm. and wanted to work closely with MAF. That's exactly the same, mm. you know, that same yeah. spirit is there today and um, just a, a special partnership that we've been able to have there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I cannot wait to see. So I know that there's going to be some photos and videos and things of, of the celebrations. Yeah. And um, I just can't wait to see that once, once you get back and, and see what, what our, our team is able to do with it and, and how we're able to share the celebration with a, uh, yeah, so many faithful supporters and so many faithful donors and, and people that have just supported MAF so faithfully. So, um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for sharing. I, I know that, um, I mean, obviously sharing some celebrations is, uh, easy to do and, and obviously a very fun thing to do, but, um, yeah, thanks for taking time to, to share some of these stories and share some of these things and the vision that, that, um, yeah, you see the, the, the Lord is just continuing to do with with these programs.
1: Oh, absolutely. We yeah, we could we could tell stories for a long time. We hardly <laughs> even told stories. There's all sorts of stuff we could talk about.
0: So. I know. I'm sitting here and I'm like, I think we probably should be ending uh, this podcast. Yeah, time, sure. but also uh, we out. could be keep we, uh, people aren't going to want
1: to listen for hours. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe that just means that we'll have to have a part two, part three, part four, whatever maybe it so. is. So, yeah. um, yeah, David, thanks so much for for taking the time. Thanks for thanks for as always hanging out and, yeah. and sitting in the hangar. I mean. There yeah. are worse places to be. That's for sure. Uh, yes, there are. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: thanks for thanks for digging into it and asking the questions and helping this amazing group of people who surround our ministry and their prayers, their friendship, their giving to better understand who we are, yeah. what we do, the history that we have, the legacy that God is allowing us to be a part of building together yeah. is um, a great privilege. So, yeah. thanks for helping to tell the story of that, Nathan.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well,
1: thanks so much for taking
0: the time uh, to either watch or listen to this episode. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Again, if you're listening to this episode, I would encourage you to check out our social media or go to our YouTube, uh, check out the set because I think it's pretty rad and uh, I think the team's done a pretty great job of this. So um, with that, my name is Nathan. Uh, this is David. Uh, make sure you su- subscribe to our YouTube. Click the bell for notifications so that you don't miss an episode. Follow all of our uh, social media platforms. I have to say it because it's my job. Uh, mm-hmm. And also make sure that you're subscribed to Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We'll be coming at you soon for episode seven of From the Hangar. This is episode six. I'm Nathan. We'll see you soon.